Do you want a fixer or do you need a friend? That's a question that I've learned to ask whenever someone brings me a problem. And by the way, that's kind of what my entire identity is wrapped up in. So when I talked about this on social media, my DMs and my comments went absolutely wild. It really shocked me. But it turns out, I guess I'm not the only one who sometimes butts in where help isn't actually needed, but a hug sure could be. So let's navigate this identity crisis together today on the Rising Tide Talents Show. Rising Tide lifts all ships, it lifts all ships, it lifts all ships. The Rising Tide lifts all ships, it lifts all ships, it lifts all ships. Well, here comes the rising, the rising Do you want a fixer or do you just need a friend? Ooh, that question turned out to be a lot deeper than I realized when I first started asking it. Because so much of my identity has always been wrapped up in what I do. You know, I solve tech and marketing problems. I figure out why something's broken and then I repair it. Your website's down. The email is sending at the wrong time. Someone got a text they shouldn't have. Katie to the rescue. And it turns out I have done this my entire life, not just at work, but in relationships too. Now I know something to be true. All of that led me to severe burnout. And I've come to the really troubling and painful realization that almost as bad as that burnout that I experienced, my ability, my instincts to jump in and fix made it so that people that I love and who did love me do love me, thankfully, they didn't always feel safe telling me what they were going through. You know, my instincts have always, always, always been to look through evidence, find the truths, find the flaws, and then save the day. But that's not always the heroic or helpful thing to do. Now, I'm in my 40s, so believe me, I wish I had learned this when I was a teenager or in my 20s or even in my 30s. I think that it would have made me probably a better friend, a better colleague, a better mom, and a happier and more fulfilled person. But I can't go back in time. I can only really think about these lessons that I'm learning now and be thankful, by the way, that I am learning them. If that sounds like therapy speak, yeah, spoiler alert, Therapy has helped me to understand this much more comprehensively than I ever could have on my own because the irony is a cobbler's kid has no shoes and a fixer usually doesn't have someone fixing them. It has been really hard to understand that my best instincts, the things that I have always thought made me special and made me a giver and made me helpful and valuable That's true. I think if you were to ask any of my friends, anyone I've worked with, anyone I've worked for, they would tell you that 99% of the time, my instinct to fix came from a good place. But I really do understand now that me butting in was often much less helpful than just being someone 
that my friends and family and colleagues could lean on and could vent to. So yes, therapy helped me to understand this. And then I doubled down by having some candid and sometimes painful conversations with my friends and family. Those conversations, if you've ever heard the saying, you know, sometimes the only way out is through, this was one of those through moments where I had to really say to people, hey, have I ever made you feel as though you can't talk to me or you can't bring me your problems or I'm not a sympathetic ear? And the answer that I got back multiple times was actually, actually, yes, it can be really intense bringing you my problems. I know it comes from a place of love. I know that you're trying to help, but you know, sometimes I will think twice about venting to you or talking to you. So those answers were really hard to hear, but helpful too, because it almost validated, you know, what my therapist had told me and what I was starting to get in this feedback loop from asking one person and then the next. And ultimately, if if I, and if you were able to separate your feelings, again, a lot harder for those of us who are motivated by this idea of like wanting to get things right and also wanting to help when you have to dig into this identity crisis or hearing that maybe you weren't always the giver that you thought you were, it can be really painful. So I just want to honor that if you try this, if you start asking this question and someone's like, oh, actually, thank you for asking. I do not want you to fix me. I just want you to listen. It almost like rewrites history for you and you start revisiting and reliving all of these conversations you've ever had. If not, maybe that's just me. This is what it's like to be in my head. I am an Enneagram One, high-performing, anxiety-ridden, perfectionist, processor person. And so um, I know I'm not alone because when I talk about this, so many of you say, oh my gosh, that's me too. So I'm your people. I am your people. And I promise you this journey is worth it. But let's get back to what it is. So I asked it at the beginning, and I'm going to say it again here. I have learned to ask if somebody brings me a problem, and it can be anything. It can literally be really struggling. My kid is having this problem in school. I'm in an argument with my significant other. I have imposter syndrome. My website is broken. It can be any problem. But if somebody brings me a problem, I try to make my reflexive answer or my reflexive response something along the lines of, Do you want a fixer or do you need a friend? And if you are hearing these words and you're like, that just doesn't sound like me, hey, put them into your own words. I find that keeping it really simple and giving people a binary choice with with no weight, like there's there's no kind of loaded nuance, there's one right answer, one wrong answer. I try to really remove all of that from the question. And so for me, this has been a really effective way of asking. You can play around with it. Do you want a friend? Do you want a fixer? Do you need a friend? Do you need a fixer? Do you need me to go into fix it mode or friend mode? Play around with the question. But when you ask, you have to learn to respect the answer. So I'll tell you how I approach this. If I'm in friend mode, I will listen as you vent. I'll nod, I'll hug, I'll sympathize, I will soothe if you need it or smash things if you need that. I'm here not to fix, not even to rationalize or justify, not even to talk you into the other side or give you perspective. I'm just your friend. I am on team you. And by the way, I love that role. I really think I'm good in that role when I know that's what your expectation is. But if I'm a fixer, 
Mm, watch out <laughs> because I am going to do everything I can to unburden you from the stress or the frustration or whatever you're going through. I am going to find those facts. I am going to find what's broken and I'm going to figure out how we get around it or fix it or get through it or get over it. Ultimately, when I'm in fix it mode, all I want is to get to the best possible outcome. And again, I have made a pretty good career based on being a fixer. Television producer, they're fixers. Marketing and operations uh, experts, fixers. Get yourself on leadership in a fast-growing company or a startup, you are going to be in fix-it mode. But if I know which of those two roles I'm expected to play, if you say to me, here's what I need, everything is better. And more importantly, everyone is happier. So I mentioned all of the things that I am, type A, always seeking perfection, Enneagram 1, high performer, anxiety, all of these things, plus these different kind of archetypes that I have in my life. I am a marketer, but I'm also a mom. I'm a colleague, but I'm also a boss. I'm a friend. I am family. And all of these roles that I play and that you play come with strings. That's just life, right? It doesn't matter if you're none of those things I said. If you are laissez-faire, you're a Enneagram 7 who wants to party, you hate to-do lists, go with the flow, man. By the way, if that is you, we need to hang out because I could really, (laughs) I could use some of those vibes. But if that's you, you are also still likely playing these other roles. And so If it's not, do you need a fixer or do you need a friend? If that's not the question, you may still find that there is a question to ask when someone brings you a problem or asks you a question or needs your support. It can truly be as simple as, do you need this or do you need that? Take away all of the pressure. Take away any loaded words. It is okay if you need me to be a fixer and it's okay if you need me to be a friend. There is no right choice. There is no wrong choice. And let me give you the gift of telling me what you need so that I can meet your expectations and also I can be the best friend or I can be the best fixer. And I'm not blurring the lines and making us both feel bad. This journey is one that may not seem like it applies to marketing or leadership or sales or whatever it is that you listen to the show for or that you follow me for or that you're interested in. But the more that I really understand how to communicate, have this interpersonal communication and how to be an empathetic leader and a friend and a human in the world, the more that I flex those muscles and develop those muscles, the better I am at work or on the job or in whatever role I'm in. And so I think sometimes these communication skills are lost because we're so focused on learning new skills. How do I build a workflow? How do I write a sales email that will convert? How do I install a chatbot? Like all of the things. But this interpersonal communication, feeling good as a human, feeling good in the world and in your community, it is more important than any one thing that you learn to do. And it will benefit you in all of the things that you look to do. So I hope this has been helpful. 
ask yourself, ask your friends, how can I get the information I need to show up the way that you need me to? And then show up, be the best friend you can or the best fixer you can. You can switch roles. You can go back and forth. But if you know how you can rise to your highest potential and help those around you, I think you're going to be happier. I know you're going to be more fulfilled. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Talent Show. For more, follow at Rising Tide Talents on Instagram and visit risingtidetalents.com. You will find show notes, resources, and much more from today's episode at risingtidetalents.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Katie Widrick. You can find me at kwidrick. Until next time, remember, a rising tide lifts all ships. Rising tide lifts all ships.